United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. This is Dean Linky. I want to thank you so much for listening to another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. This show allows us to do so much, right? Always uh, talking about different topics and interesting things going on in soccer and Today's show's no different. Soccer without borders. I feel like everybody listening has probably heard about it, wondered about it. Some of you know a lot about it. Some of you don't know enough about it. Well, the Penn State women's soccer team, one of the best in the country, they participated recently in Soccer Without Borders. They went to Nicaragua during their spring break. Yes, they played some games, but more importantly, they got integrated, making a difference among young women and the people of Nicaragua. The story is fantastic. And Cook, now in her 12th year, associate head coach for the Penn State women's soccer team, joins me to talk about Penn State's visit through Soccer Without Borders to Nicaragua. Well, we so often also talk about uh, on this show, how do you get into coaching? How do you make that next step? How do you keep moving up the ladder? Well, what about when it's time to hang it up and stop coaching? When do you know it is time to do that? When do you know it's time to head off into the sunset? Enjoy the fruits of your success. John Bloom, 27 years as a top man head coach for men's college soccer, the last 21 at Ohio State. He was coming back this year. He looked in the mirror and he said, you know what? What's best for my program is a new voice, new leadership. I'm going to step away now. And he did it. And he joins us to tell us why it was important to leave the program in good hands as we salute the incredible career of John Bloom and also salute his decision to retire and turn it over to somebody else. Ann Cook from Penn State talking about soccer without borders. John Bloom recently retired from Ohio State talking about his amazing career and his decision to step away. That coming up right now on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com slash United. I am Dean Linky, and welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I told you a moment ago I was so excited about today's program because we are talking about something that makes a difference. Here it is. The Penn State women's soccer team joined Soccer Without Borders in Nicaragua for a nine-day service trip over their spring break. Soccer Without Borders is a nonprofit organization based in the United States that uses soccer as a vehicle for positive change in underserved populations. They have a program dedicated to girls in Granada, Nicaragua, where the Penn State team spent their spring break. Now, during their stay, they lived with local families and ran clinics for the girls and coaches of the program. The team also had the opportunity to train and play 
against the Nicaragua national team while they were there. Now, how cool is that? Now, remember, Penn State's legit. Their women's soccer team has won 19 of the last 20 Big Ten championships, and they won the NCAA Division I national championship just a few years ago in 2015. So there's no question that they have built a culture of winning. But this trip, as we'll learn in a moment, allowed these talented student-athletes to take a step back and evaluate their place in this world world. They stayed in the homes of Nicaraguan families and truly immersed themselves in a different culture. They learned the power of sport to bridge gaps and language barriers, and they gained valuable perspective on the opportunities they've been given. Amazing. And with that, we are pleased to be joined by their associate head coach, entering her 12th year now with Penn State, and that is Ann Cook. Ann, always great to be with you. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Dean. I really appreciate it. Yeah, delighted to have you. And and you were in charge as uh, Erica Dombach is pregnant, and we certainly send our best to her, who's been involved with the United Soccer Coaches for a long, long time. So you were front and center with the team. So first off, tell us your involvement with Soccer Without Borders and how this trip came about. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been involved with them kind of on and off um, in sort of an advisory role in the last few years, but initially, uh, 10 years ago, um, I got to be a, a part of the very beginning of this uh, this program in Granada, Nicaragua, um, and old, actually, an ex-player of Erica's at Dartmouth uh, started this program down in, in Nicaragua and um, asked me to come down. We just kind of had known each other through Erica and asked me to come down and and help uh, run some, some clinics for coaches and do a little bit of coaching education. Um, and I just fell in love with it. And, uh, and the, the program has grown immensely. Um, her name was Mary McVeigh, and she's now the executive director of Soccer Without Borders and has kind of kept me involved through the years and gotten to do some, some really cool things um, with them and, uh, and through them. And um, just an incredible program here in the United States as well as in, in Nicaragua. Talk about before you could even go, you had to raise some money, and I believe you guys raised over $10,000, right? We did. We did, yeah. Um, we had you know, raised a ton of money um, through our booster club over the years, uh, selling T-shirts and things like that. We have some incredible booster club mem- members who uh, you know, sweated out in the hot sun during our summer camps and sell T-shirts, and, and we had made a fair amount of money that way. We did a couple other little fundraisers, but... In the end, um, the, the flights ended up being a little more than we expected, and so we, uh, we ended up putting together a, a kind of a GoFundMe, a crowdfunding site through Let's Grow State, which is a, a Penn State um, special crowdfunding site. And, and, uh, and our boosters and parents and donors really um, came together pretty quickly and, and helped us raise some money there at the last minute. It was, it was pretty awesome. So obviously there was the playing side, then the personal side. Let's talk about the playing side first and end with the personal side because I'm sure these young women learned so much. On the playing side, you were able to take on the Nicaragua Women's National Team on International Women's Day, which is pretty cool. What did that mean to the Nittany Lions and the locals? It was super cool. It was super cool. Um, International Women's Day, I don't think, is quite as big a deal here in the United States as it is elsewhere. Um, I mean, they, they celebrate it really well in Nicaragua, kind of all over the place, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a really, really special occasion. And so to be able to play them on that day um, in their national stadium was a was a really cool thing. Um, we, you know, we're looking forward to it for sure, just for the kind of the international flair. But 
to be able to do it on, on Women's Day and kind of have some of the, the festivities around um, around that occasion um, was really special. Nine days together on a trip obviously can bring a team together. How did the team build chemistry on the field and just as importantly off the field? Start with on first. <laughs> um, well, on was you know not the focus of this trip, um, which was, was kind of cool, but I think um, it, where we, we – potentially grew the most in what we're bringing back is just our joy um, for the game. So many of the kids talked about how they just, they remembered how much they loved just playing. And uh, we had been, uh, the opportunity to just play um, some small-sided games with uh, with the girls in the, the Granada program. And uh, just the joy on our kids' faces and kind of bringing it back to, to what the game is all about for these guys was really special. And I think um, – We've now seen some of that. We're, you know, a week back into to training here in our spring season, and um, to have seen that translate onto the to the field here. We train early in the mornings, and sometimes that's a bit of a grind <laughs> for a college kid. But uh, but they have been awesome. Like they just there's just such a, a spring in their step right now um, in terms of just the, the the beautiful game, just enjoying playing again, which has been really fun. And I'm sure off the field during those nine days, the chemistry had to have been magical to watch and be a part of. It was it, magical is a great word, actually, Dean. Um, it was it was really incredible. You know, I I, I have um, such a love for this program in Granada and such a love for this Penn State program. And sometimes when you try to combine your loves, it's it's the recipe for disaster. Um, but mm. this was just it was magical. It was so awesome to watch our kids with the girls down there. Um, and and to watch the you know the Nicaraguan girls responding to to our girls even though they don't speak the same language but they they share the love of uh, of soccer ball and and uh, you know can communicate in plenty of other ways um, so it was it was just awesome it was they, our kids did an incredible job of jumping in with both feet and kind of getting comfortable being uncomfortable and being outside of their comfort zone where they don't speak the language and they're you know they're just living in a very different culture. Um, they did it. They did a really remarkable job. Countless takeaways from this experience, I'm sure. As you kind of put some perspective on it a week later, what do you think the team learned from the trip, Anne? Well, I think for sure that the love of the game has been has been a, a big thing that we've brought home with us. Um, just that kind of re- reigniting that passion, for sure. Um, I think, you know, the being comfortable, being uncomfortable is a theme that we've we've talked a lot about. And just being able to stretch our comfort zones in, in whatever avenue, whatever venue that means um, for these players is a big deal. That's how we get better, and uh, and that's how we that's how we develop both on the field and off. Um, and so the, those things, I think for sure. I think obviously the um, it's just a perspective shift of you know we we get to do this like all of the time at a great university. Um, some of us are getting paid to do it, essentially, with scholarship money. Um, we have these unbelievable fields. We have these, uh, all of this you know, fantastic equipment and all of those things. And, um, and really, we're just playing a game. And, uh, and we, you know, I think that um, just that perspective shift can be, um, can be really important for these guys because it does become a bit of a slog and a bit of a grind this time of the year. Um, for Division One athletes, like we're practicing a ton and not getting to play a ton, and um, and so I think you know just again bringing that um, that perspective of this is an awesome game, and man, have we been given some incredible opportunities. Let's let's run through this and, and take advantage of them.
Indeed. I really do appreciate that answer so much. And with that, how can you take the lessons from the trip and apply them to the game of soccer, Ann? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing for, for me, again, I just, I, I know I keep going back to this, but um, is, is just joy. Like just whatever you do, um, do it with all your heart and, and throw yourself into it. And, um, you know, and I, I think that certainly applies to soccer. Um, it's maybe easier to apply to soccer than to, to some things. Um, but, you know, I, I think for us, um, one of the, the biggest themes all along has just been um, pushing ourselves and, and trying to develop as much of ourselves as we can, kind of the whole person, the whole soccer player, um, the student, the um, whatever, sister, daughter, kind of the the balance in, in life. And, um, and, you know, and I think this, this trip, trips like these where um, you get to, to really look at, at things from a different angle and different perspective can really help you focus on, on that and bring it back to um, whatever it is, the game of soccer or school or life, um, and can really just be kind of a, a pushing the pause button to, um, to come in and do things the way that you intended to do them rather than the way that you're just kind of going through, through the motions a little bit. You're hearing the great voice and wisdom of Ann Cook entering her 12th season at Penn State <laughs> as well, talking about their incredible trip uh, down to Nicaragua. Just a couple more questions for you, Ann, and this one's always tough because I'm sure there were so many, but is there a favorite memory of the trip? <laughs> um, probably the, the one that stands out the most, honestly, was um, on our, our last full day there. Um, it was the, they were marking Cyber Without Borders uh, program in, in Granada was marking its 10-year anniversary. So they had a big celebration. They actually closed down the street in front of their um, community center. And um, it was the last day of our trip. We were pretty tired. All of our kids had been out in the hot sun. They'd been, you know, um, working clinics and um, just, you know, doing a ton of stuff. And they were they were pretty tired. And uh, so we were kind of waiting, and we didn't really know what was happening. And, and um, all of a sudden, they, they set this stage out on the street. And three people jump up. This guy is like the Nicaraguan, picture a Nicaraguan Richard Simmons. <laughs> he gets up in these tights and this uh, sleeveless tee, and he leads um, like a full community Zumba class. Nice. And our kids jumped in, like, both the, all of them, every single one of our players got up and for a, a full hour danced in the streets um, with all of their new Nicaraguan friends, and all the girls were so excited that they were dancing with them. And people just kept pouring out from houses on the street side, you know, on the side of the street. And, um, it, was a, it was a pretty incredible scene, and, and I was just, I, you know, was just so proud to, um, to watch our, our kids who had to have been pretty cashed and ready for a nap. <laughs> and uh, yeah. just to throw themselves into it and, and have so much fun. It was, it was pretty awesome. Oh, that brings an ear-to-ear smile to my face. I love that story. What advice do you have for other soccer coaches that want to get involved in a project like Soccer Without Borders, which is so powerful? really, really love that, and I, I hope that there are um, a lot out there. I, see, I feel like we all kind of have a, an obligation to give back in some way, whether that's, you know, 
just coaching a youth team here or you know doing something like soccer without borders or there are a lot of really good um sport for diplomacy um organizations out there sport for development and uh, there are just some some really incredible things going on um soccer without borders is an easy one to to find they have project sites all over the country um but there are there are plenty of others and it's just such a rewarding experience and um, there, you know, I feel like soccer can save the world if we let it, and we've got to be the ones that that go out and do it. So, um, I definitely would recommend it. Anybody's welcome to um, to contact me if they're if they're interested, or um, just do a little research online. But there are some there's some really incredible organizations out there doing some some great work. Finally, Ann, you talked about the fact that uh, at Penn State, so many of these great opportunities are allowed by the university. They encourage it, right? And then also you got the support of the alumni base to get a little bit more money as well. And you know as well as anyone, especially with uh, Erica Dombach back pregnant, you also need the support staff around you. And I'm reminded, I mean, Will Rottler had the great idea for me to talk to you about this. And you've got your trainers and everybody else. I mean, everybody comes together, right, uh, and plays a big role in making something like this happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would be remiss not to point that out. We actually had our, our academic advisor and our, uh, our medical trainer on the trip with us, and they were spectacular. Um, they also jumped right in with both feet and were, were really awesome. But, yeah, it takes a village. Um, you know, all of these, these big universities do an incredible job of surrounding us with, uh, with a lot of, of resources. I feel like here at Penn State, it's particularly special because of the actual individuals who are in those those spots. We have, um, I think, you know, obviously I'm biased, but we have bar none the, the best support staff in the country right now, and just some some incredible people who really care about these kids and, and these student athletes and and uh, and what we're trying to do and, and really building a, a, a culture that um, that a little bit feels the obligation to give back, but but also you know just very much feels the, the importance of of developing entire whole people well i can promise you this uh one of the early games on the big 10 network that i'm calling we're going to have will send all kinds of pictures from the trip we'll make it a halftime feature as well because i think it's worth it great job yeah wonderful uh yeah appreciate you sharing us all about soccer without borders and penn state women's soccer teams visit to nicaragua and cook fantastic stuff thank you so much yeah my pleasure We'll be back with more. We'll talk to John Bloom, 21 years. He retires from the Ohio State Buckeyes. When to go and when to enjoy retirement. That's up next. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank Ann Cook of the Penn State women's soccer team talking about their amazing trip to Nicaragua Soccer Without Borders. Please get involved, each and every one of you. It is incredible. Now, after 27 successful seasons, produced 292 victories as a collegiate men's soccer head coach, 21 of those as the most winningest coach in Ohio State men's soccer history with 206 wins. John Bloom announced his retirement this week. Bloom is retiring effectively April 30th, 2018. 
Bloom's list of accomplishments that has been nothing short of impressive, amazing. Four Big Ten titles, four Big Ten Coach of the Year awards, 17 Major League Soccer draft picks, and all 10 of Ohio State's appearances in the NCAA tournament, including the 2007 College Cup where I need to remind everybody they were beating Wake Forest one to nothing in that game and were that close to winning a national championship. That was the same year that they beat Indiana in the Big Ten tournament with the launch of the Big Ten Network. And I fell in love with the program. And if you watch their grit and fire, you would as well. Some great players have gone through there. And here he is now, John Bloom, kind enough to... Join me just a few days. I mean, I guess you're not retired yet, April 30th, but just a few days after the announcement, Coach Bloom. Man, I loved watching your teams play. I love talking to you for the games. I want to salute your career, and I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much, Dean, for having me on the show, first of all. And uh, it's been kind of a crazy few weeks here. And uh, with the release yesterday that I have uh, decided to retire, uh, I'm comfortable and uh, looking forward to coaching the team through the remainder of our spring season here and to my ultimate retirement on the 30th of April. Well, certainly you've earned it. You just heard those numbers as well. But talk about the process because, you know, this is a show for the coaches. And a lot of times we talk about how coaches get into the game. But, you know, we never talk about how you get out of the game, right? When's the right time to leave? When maybe you feel like it's a better situation for the program if you did something differently? Just talk about that process because I think originally you were planning on coming back this year. Yeah, my original plan and uh, the administration and I had worked out uh, that I was going to retire at the end of the fall 2018 season, which would have been my 22nd year at Ohio State. And overall, my 40th year of coaching soccer, uh, scholastically, I started as a high school coach here in Columbus, Ohio, at St. Charles Preparatory School back in 1979, uh, four years there, which led to uh, a grad assistantship at the University of Akron for a year where I earned a master's degree, and then out to Fresno State University where I spent 13 years, seven as an assistant coach, and then six as the head coach before finally landing at uh, Ohio State, which was kind of like a dream job uh, for me, um, and, and it certainly turned out that way. The the opportunity to coach at Ohio State was an incredible thing for me, and when Andy Geiger, the athletic director at the time, hired me, he was absolutely a fantastic leader uh, and instilled in me a great deal of confidence, instilled in me a great deal of direction and, and helped me along the way as I learned how to how to turn Ohio State uh, into a recognized soccer school, if you will. Soccer at Ohio State has a great history. It, it was a program that started in 1953, but to be honest with you, it was a very underfunded program um, until that time period, and Andy Geiger actually... Uh, funded a number of Olympic sports at a very, very good level, right at about the same time that I started there. So all the coaches that were before me at Ohio State, all the players that were there at Ohio State before me, uh, were, were playing a demanding Division One schedule with very little support uh, financially. That changed. And certainly that was one of the reasons that we were able to begin building the program there. 
because soccer is all about the players. And at that time, with enough schools that were offering scholarship money, in order to build a good program, you had to have scholarship money as well. And I did when I got to Ohio State. So a combination of great financial support from the university, great academic support, great support from the entire athletic department, a wonderful slew of coaches that have worked with me over the years. And and finally, really, just we were fortunate enough to attract a number of very, very good players. And that's how you and we were able to do it at Ohio State. It's probably too hard to pick out uh, all those players. And, you know, I'll throw a few out there. You know, you think about Roger Espinoza and Xavier Bach and Lampson and Goal and so many others. Are there some other players that uh, just come to the front of the line as you think about your 21 years at Ohio State? You're right. There are too many to name, and there were too many good teams. And, you know, you'd hate to exclude people. Uh, you certainly have hit on some of the, the best players we've had. Uh, it's very, very difficult to make All-American in the sport of soccer. We've had four All-Americans since I've been there. One of them, the first one that I had, and an excellent player who is an excellent coach today at the as the associate head coach of the University of South Carolina, is Justin Cook. And Justin came in and, and oddly enough, spent six years at Ohio State because he had two ACL tears when he was there. But he was a Big Ten freshman of the year. Uh, he was a Big Ten Player of the Year. He led us to our first Big Ten Championship back in 2000. Uh, he led us to our first uh, appearance in a Sweet 16 in 2004. He was just an excellent player and made third-team All-American. Off that 2007 team, obviously there was a ton of good players in that team. You know, the starting 11 was excellent, and, and we just got together, as you know, recently and had a nice celebration to uh, recognize their 10-year reunion. But Xavier Bulk and Eric Bruner, first-team All-Americans that year, and Roger Espinoza has had an, just an unbelievable professional career. And he was he was with us just the one semester, one season. He was a transfer from a junior college, but... Long story short, after he left Ohio State, uh, Roger played in two World Cups for Honduras and played in the Olympics for Honduras in London. He won an FA Cup with Wigan Athletic and played in the Premier League. And he is back in Sporting KC right now, still performing at an extremely high level. Just an an enormous player uh, and great person as well. So certainly... Uh, they stand out uh, from recent teams. We had a great captain in Zach Mason who led us to led us to the 2015 Big Ten Championship. So all along the way, we've we've had a number of good players, a number of guys that have enjoyed good professional careers. Uh, all in all, though, we're just a, a great group of players. Now, when you look back at uh, your career, those four Big Ten titles and Big Ten Coach of the Year awards are actually second only to the godfather, Jerry Yeagley. So kind of going back to my original notion of when did you know, I first want to ask you, when you saw legends before you, like Jerry Yeagley, Joe Baum, even Bob Warming just retiring as well, but uh, back when Jerry Yeagley retired and Joe Baum retired, what do you remember about reflecting on their decision to step down? Well, you're right. The, the, the Big Ten Conference has, uh, in the 21 years that I've been there, never been 
I think, ranked lower than uh, one of the third best conferences in the country. Uh, they are legends, and it, the, the one thing I enjoyed about being in the Big Ten Conference is you can never rest. You can never let your guard down. Every game is going to be an incredible game against well-coached, disciplined, organized, talented teams. And and that's what it's all about. Playing playing against the highest level is what I always wanted to do and what I the way I scheduled games for our team and what I wanted our players to experience. So a guy like Jerry, you know, unbelievable accomplishments. Nobody will ever touch what Jerry did in the Big Ten Conference. And his records will always stand alone. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honored to, um, have been selected by my, my peers on four occasions to be the Big Ten Coach of the Year. And I'm uh, absolutely thrilled that our program was able to, uh, to win four Big Ten championships during those years. Um, of course, the longer you stay at a place, the more wins you're going to get and the greater chance you're, you're going to have to, uh, Win championships, but I'm, I'm I'm very very happy with what we had been able to accomplish at Ohio State. It just came to a, a time when, as I looked at our program, and I care very very deeply about the program at Ohio State, and uh, you know I've put in most of my adult life working there and coaching there, uh, and I wanted to do what was best for the program. So a combination of you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been grinding for a long time, and I need a break from it, and I need uh, to maybe explore some other things I'd like to do in life. And that was combined with, I really think that our, our program is at a point in time right now where they need new leadership, they need new direction, they need a new head coach. And so having said that, I met with the administration again, and shared those thoughts with them uh and they said yeah if that's what you want to do then then let's do it and that's how we came to where we are today well and that's obviously uh, i think as people are listening to this they'll i think collectively say wow that's pretty powerful you know you put the university maybe even before yourself john that says a lot about how you feel about uh, the ohio state university well you got to do what's what's best for the program i think and what's best for the team and and, you know, this will always be, Ohio State will, you know, I'm going to stay here in Columbus. I'll be at the games, off in the background someplace, you know, not to, not in the forefront, just enjoying watching the teams play. And uh, we've struggled for a couple of years now, and and so it's time. You know, it, you know, it happens in all sport teams that uh, teams go through periods where, for one reason or another, they're not achieving at the level they need to achieve at. And sometimes it's because the because the coaching staff needs to be changed, and the coaching the it's a good group of kids and a really good group of players we have at Ohio State right now. We are we are one or two players away from being uh, a team that could win the Big Ten championship, and that's the way we were a year ago. And a, and a year ago, and every coach knows this story. And we had we had two kids who didn't play a minute for us last year because of injury. And if they both had been able to play, I think we would have done a heck of a lot better than we did last year. Now, from where you sit and uh, knowing that this is going to be a coveted job, I think this is one of the top jobs in the country. You know it. You sat in that seat for 21 years. What do you know about the process and what have you said about assisting in the process to find a new coach for Ohio State? Well, our sport 
sport AD uh, associate athletic director at Ohio State University is Sean Richard, and he will be the uh, chairman of the search committee. And he he has indicated to me that he would like to have my input in in the process. Um, certainly, I know people out there like to say I've been I've been a Division One in Division One coaching for twenty seven years as a head coach and eight years as an assistant coach. So uh, the last thirty five years I've been in Division One men's soccer. I know who's out there. I know what's available. I know who's gonna. You know, I'll know the people who are applying. So in that regard, I can I can certainly work with Sean as he goes through his process. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy that decides who becomes the head coach at Ohio State. That's gonna be Sean and the and the committee. Uh, but I think that they'll have an ear to listen to what I have to say and what my thoughts are. I know that they want to do this very quickly. I believe that uh, if there are people out there that are listening right now that are interested uh you would i would suggest you email sean richard and send him your uh your cv right away and i would i believe that you are going to post the position uh next sunday night it's going to be posted so that's the process and i believe you're right i think there's going to be a, a pretty good pool of candidates to choose from so it's it's my hope and uh my my strongest desire is that Ohio State finds uh, the perfect coach to take them forward. As you step away, you're able to reflect. Uh, we already talked about the players. You mentioned some coaches as well and some of the people you've interacted with. And, uh, you know, I certainly think about as well Glenn Mooch Myrnick, who you played with as you're a member of the Hartwick College Hall of Fame. It, it's also time to, you know, think about uh, people that you've lost along the way as well, right, uh, as you, you know, enter this new phase of your life. You do. When, when you get to my age, Dean, you know, <laughs> more and more of your friends are starting to disappear. Uh, but over the years, the relationships, and, and um, we all know that this is true, the relationships that we form with our players, with the coaches that we compete against, um, are very, very strong relationships, and they're very healthy relationships and good relationships. And I've been very, very fortunate to get to know a lot of people who are very influential in this game and, and people uh, that have made their marks in this game. And, you know, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. And, and for me, it's, you know, I've had my dream job my entire life. I don't feel like I've ever worked. Mm. And that's that's a great feeling to have. Um and that, now I guess now it's a little frightening because I'm probably going to have to go out and find a job somewhere, and I don't know what that's going to be. <laughs> well, like we joked about, uh, when I come into Columbus, uh, I'll try to hit the John Bloom Uber, and, and we'll be in good shape right there, coaches. Uh, yeah, Lyft or Uber, one of those <laughs> two. I could, I could be, maybe both, you know? Yeah, well, you were always funny. I mean, I always loved uh, at the banquets uh, when you and Joe Baum would go at it as well. You always tell great stories. Just two more questions here. You think about those relationships and the fact that you will know everybody that's applying. Another reason you'll know everybody is because you've been a longtime member of the then-named NSCAA, now named United Soccer Coaches, sometimes busier than others, but it's always been a part of your life as well. Yeah, you know, I, I, I worked at the coaching schools for what was the National Soccer Coaches Association of America uh, Academy program for, geez, I think t over 20 years. Mm -hmm. I, I did those coaching schools. I started back with 
the legendary coach of Notre Dame, Mike Berticelli, who was a good friend, and and his assistant coach, Mike Parsons, and I are very good friends. And you know, along the way, I actually, it's funny, I got a nice note from Tim Lenahan, who is the head coach at Northwestern University, and now and now the oldest coach in the Big Ten Conference. I might point out, um, <laughs> but but uh, Tim, years and years and years ago. I had Tim in one of the courses I was teaching, so he reminded me of that one time. And uh, that that's, there are a lot of people that I worked with uh, over that twenty-year career coaching coaches, which I think is a wonderful thing to do. And I uh, and I think more coaches should get into coaching education. Well, I love that answer. I mean, you'll always be a part of uh, one of, one of my greatest memories as well, John Bloom. Uh, I don't know if you even realize this, but uh, you know, growing up around Ohio, all I ever wanted to do was call games at Ohio State. And when the Big Ten Network launched, they called me to call the first ever game. It was Ohio State West Virginia men's soccer. You were the coach, and that's when I really truly got to know you. And then you went on that magical ride right through the Big Ten tournament. Ended up all the way up in Cary, just you know, twenty miles from my house. Incredible year and. I feel like I've never looked back, so I, I owe you so much for the access you gave me and the ability to, to call the game and love the game, particularly the college game. I, I thank yeah. you for that so much, Coach. And Thank you very much, Dean. You know, last thing is, is we uh, say goodbye to you, you know, and I talked about it earlier. We talked so much about uh, how to help coaches get into the game. What's your advice to, to coaches that are wondering about, you know, hey, when do I hang it up? Well, that's not an easy question, and as I said to you earlier when we were talking offline here, uh, sometimes we stay too long. And so, and so it's that ability, I guess, or that that process to just think about where you're at in your career and what might be the, the right time. And is it about you? Is it about the players? Is it about your university? Is it about the team, et cetera? You know, mine, I think, was a little bit of a combination um, so that's 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 a very difficult question. I think it's different for everybody, um, but I just I would I would urge people to take a close look at the big picture and and allow uh, kind of look at things from the outside, not the inside, and use that to help you make your decision. Said best by Gene Smith, the athletic director for Ohio State, and I quote: "During John Bloob's tenure as our head coach." He has positively impacted hundreds of young men. The Buckeye Nation appreciates his commitment and dedication to leading the right way. Couldn't say it better, John Bloom. Congratulations on your retirement. Enjoy it. I know you're going to enjoy that uh, wonderful family of yours. You deserve it. Thanks for being on the program, and I'm super proud of you for doing it the right way. Thanks very much, Dean. I appreciate the opportunity here today. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky.